0: Welcome into the Tickets Basketball Postgame Show. Featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for
1: three! You're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight Tournament Champion on 937
0: The Ticket at the TicketFM.com.
1: It is. It is the kickoff, the tip-off to Nebraska basketball, and they get a win tonight in their home opener uh, over at Lindenwood uh, tonight, 84 to 52. To be honest, the, the game wasn't even that close. Nebraska kind of pulled their horses <laughs> midway through the second half there. Uh, but uh, I am neither Derek Pearson or Eric Strickland. Uh, Strickland did a great job on BTN Plus call tonight, by the way. Uh, but I'm Jake Bakovin and he, his Eris and are sitting in you. Sitting in with you for the first segment here of our Hoops Post Game Show. Once again, glad to be doing it. Uh, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. So glad to have them back aboard as well. Uh, tonight, we'll just run through the stats first for Nebraska. Again, a win, most importantly. Uh, and they ended up winning this one 84-52. to Leading score didn't even start tonight for Nebraska. Sam Hoiberg, of course, coach's son, comes off the bench to get 15 points. He's going to be an integral part to this team throughout the season, uh, but he was one of five Huskers in double digits, CJ Wilcher, Bryce Williams, and Rink Moss, all with 13, Josiah Alec in with 11, and Jamarcus Lawrence with seven points, five from uh, Boogie Coleman, three from uh, Matar Jop making his debut, uh, Eli Rice and Jeff Grace getting a bucket as well. Jeff Grace there at the end, the, the team was fired up about that. So uh, kind of interesting, uh, really fun for a debut. Um, in a lot of these basketball games, I mean, if you win by 32 points, there's not a whole lot to split. What was the difference here tonight? But uh, very good debut for Nebraska and interesting stylistically because they did shoot 30 uh, 3 point shots, 19 of those at half. So you figure that's going to be a big part of it. And it was it I mean, there's a few guys, right, that mm-hmm. maybe need to shoot, uh, need to work on their three-point shooting. But for the most part, what's exciting is they, they've gonna, they're going to have five guys that can shoot most often out there on the floor. Uh, so whether it's, you know, rebounds, driving kicks, this is going to be a heavy three-point shooting team. And I think uh, somewhat what the vision Coach Hoiberg had when he came into Nebraska, that... Because of his rosters management and in kind of putting it together hasn't quite worked out. I think this is going to be one of his favorite teams.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You kind of hit the uh, the head of the nail off the hammer there. That's the exact point with Fred Hoiberg. This offense, he's never quite had that three point shooting lineup that's really catered to his kind of NBA style offense, where it's not so much. Uh, set up more just going off reads and spacing and we don't have three-point shooters out there that kind of makes that offense hard to operate so now you kind of got some guys in there again as looking at the numbers here they're about 50 percent at halftime Uh, And they just continue to get better. So, again, no Casey Tamanaga. That's still good to see those numbers up there. And nonetheless, I think this is just going to be a team. It's hard to learn a lot from these first games. As before, I was watching, you know, Purdue be up 50 on Samford uh, before even they got to late in the game. It's hard to learn, but it's just small things that you're looking forward to. And the shooting being a big one for me, that's just something that I'm glad to see. Because, again, I think that's going to be critical for this Fred Hoyberg style offense. And we didn't even have K-S-S-A, Tom Naga in the game. You know, our best spacer on the court.
1: Yeah, and that's what makes it interesting because Nebraska ran with uh, the starting lineup of Jamarcus Lawrence, Bryce Williams, Josiah Alec, Rank Moss, and C.J. Wilcher. Um, prominent guys off the bench was uh, Boogie Coleman and Eli Rice. And they were, th- were there without four guys tonight that could be right in that rotation all mm-hmm. year long, including two guys that I think no doubt will start in Kasei Tominaga. Uh, who's still coming off that that injury in the exhibition, and Juwan Gary, who was suspended for this game. Also, Blaze Keita did not play tonight, and Ramel Lloyd did not play tonight. Those are two guys that that could factor in as well. So, it's kind of interesting to see how deep this this thing goes. Uh, it's also important to note, like I said, off the bench is, is Hoiberg, mm-hmm. uh, who is, I, I think, going to have a, a role. Um, again, he's not as big as some of the scholarship players, but he makes up for it and did again tonight with his uh, hustle and his tenacity on defense. Um, so, it, it, it was kind of it was kind of cool in that way, too, in that it was, you know, it, it's good for Nebraska to get a blowout win at not 100% and without, who was probably their best player in Kasei say, um, who's, uh, for the first time, Nebraska's had in quite some time a all-Big Ten type of player uh, preseason-wise. Shout out Derek Walker, who ended up making the second <laughs> team, I think, last year. Yep. But preseason-wise, going into a year, uh, that type of player. And so to not have him to still kind of shoot that well, uh, is really going to be interesting because that's going to open some things up once he gets back on the court as well. More spacing for guys like C.J. Wilcher, um, Blake, you know, uh, not Blake Lawrence, uh, Jamarcus Lawrence um, to to get open looks. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes they're kind of having to force those. So um, I think... I, I, I think it's been frustrating at times to watch Nebraska try to force that Hoiberg offense and they had to ditch it. And of course last year bringing Adam Howard and really kind of start that defensive uh, tone for the team they're back to three point shooting. They're back to jacking up threes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, a lot of last year, too. You give Hoyberg credit for it, but a lot of it's just the cards you were dealt. You were in a situation yeah. where players were getting hurt left and right. You had to uh, find a new system. But, real quick, I know you got those free throw numbers in front of you because that was one of the bugaboos for Nebraska basketball last year. And unfortunately, it uh, would lead to a lot of games that was close. So, again, yeah. it's hard to analyze too much into these games. And we do have Austin Ormond behind me. We'll bring him in here shortly as well. I'm curious to know what that environment was like. But uh, what were those free throw numbers if you got him?
1: Yeah, 19 of 29 from the free throw line. That's good for 65, rounds up to 66%. Um, That's about where they were last year. So, I mean, that is something that that was probably not great coming out of the night. But the good thing, I suppose, about that is there's nobody going like, two for eight or something like that. Uh, the misses were just kind of handed out there uh, or, or, or spread out there, I should say. Sam Hoygert, three for five from the line. He did a good job getting to the line. Uh, Eli Rice, two for four from the line. Uh, one of two from um, Joe, uh, Bryce Williams, and CJ Wilcher each three of four from the line. So everybody, I think just about everybody missed one except for Boogie Coleman and Josiah Alec who were each two of two from the line, but mostly just one or two misses from the line each uh, for each of those guys. But you're right, that probably cost Nebraska a few games last Mm -hmm. year and could cost them a a few more here if they're going to shoot 66% from the line. Uh, And it's interesting too, because I think they are going to be known as a three-point shooting team uh, there is those rare players on occasion that can knock down threes, but not free throws. And hopefully that's not a team bugaboo this year uh, that could
2: come back to get them. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me. It's a very, obviously very short sample size. We're going yeah. off one game here, but um, I know you said, you know, at least it wasn't one player. I don't know if that technically makes me feel better. That's a <laughs> little spread out. <laughs> I wish like it was that. one guy. Yeah, at least, yeah. you know, cause maybe you get into a fourth quarter, the other team's looking at it. It's like, well, we can kind of pick one here and uh, roll the odds. It makes it a lot harder. Obviously you get Tom and Og in there. That's going to be your best bet going forward. But yeah. Again, just something to keep an eye on. You know, with these games, again, I think you're really just looking at the shooting uh, defensively. I know Josiah Alec like can see a little bit of him. I think he's going to be a big help, just the size and the tenacity he plays on defense. Kind of what he was doing at New Mexico. Another player coming in here, I think he can have a big impact. And I'm still just incredibly curious about Ramel Lloyd Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that didn't really get talked about. You know, played in uh, over in California on an elite team. And we just haven't had the chance to see him uh, due to injury after injury. And right now, he's not going to be out very long. He's just rehabbing. He should be back to full health soon. But he's going to be an interesting guy to add to this mix and see what he can kind of bring to the table because that's a name that I'm not sure how many Nebraska fans know. And I do think when he's fully healthy, I think he's going to be a pretty solid player just based of all the tape he had over in high school.
1: Well, and it's interesting too, because the, I mean, this early season, he can make fun of the Florida AMs and ms and Lindenwood games. They're probably not going to be all that competitive, but uh, they do. You do get to kind of test out mm-hmm. rotations, test out lineups out there. Uh, and I think that was part of kind of the starting lineup too. I mean, again, there were short a few starters probably. So you, you were trying out some different things, but ultimately in, in watching tonight, um, there, there isn't anybody necessarily that you go that you kind of look at, out of there on the floor and go. Ah, I don't know if they belong. You know, sometimes Nebraska's got to force a rotation yeah. player in years past. And you're it's like, okay, we'll see what he can do here and there. But there's going to be some problems in, in conference play. Um, it, it, the, the rumors are true. Nebraska has depth, <laughs> and it's going to be <laughs> even more so uh, when Casey and Gary and and, and Lloyd and, and Blaze Keita come back. So that's going to be what's kind of interesting. Is that you know, certain matchups guys are going to get minutes, mm-hmm. um, certain nights, if you're not you know, doing particularly well, you might get pulled and, uh, you might not get a whole lot of minutes, but it's going to be a fight, uh, for those minutes. Cause you can only play so many guys. And early on again in the non-con, I think you're going to see 10, you know, 11, 12 guys, maybe at times get, uh, minutes off the bench and get like legitimate shots. But once you kind of get into conference play, you're probably going to want to dial that down to an eight or nine-man rotation, which means um, there's going to be a few guys that are going to have to accept that role of kind of waiting for their time because that doesn't mean it's over when you start non-conference play. It means, you know, you got to kind of just practice hard, mm-hmm. keep going in practice, wait for your opportunity. We saw last year injuries can happen at any time, um, but the good thing is it's hard to envision, and I shouldn't say this, I'm maybe knock on wood, it's hard to envision this team Having too many, you know, injury problems to the point that it it puts them as uh, as limited as they were last year. Um, uh, but I don't. I hate saying that because Nebraska's offense and football is too pretty off in Nebraska. You're putting it <laughs> into existence. Yeah, it's just kind of like it. We've been there and done that uh, over and over again with some of our favorite teams here at Nebraska. Um, but I feel pretty good because you do have a lot of of big men. I mean, you've got a lot of guards. You got some guys that can handle the ball um, and. And that was part of it too. I mean, it took a long time. I think there were six minutes left in the game uh for Matar Jobe to get in, and he is the uh the freshman from Senegal. Mm-hmm. Very um very raw, still kind of learning the game. But you look at I mean, I'm a sucker for a six ten guy with athleticism, <laughs> especially a freshman. Uh and it, it, it could be anybody. I always do this. Whenever we ask it's a big man. I get kind of excited because, you know, they were able to I know the games kind of changed, but the Big Ten. Has not, (laughs) you know, it's kind of a big men league. And so you need some guys to bruise around down there. Now he's probably, you know, one of those guys I was talking about that unless he develops very quickly, will probably be back in, in, you know, in in the back of the lineup waiting for his turn. Um, But even that, like even to have a prospect like that, uh, to to get a look at tonight was exciting, uh, and and you know kind of gets you thinking toward the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned it. You think of the Big Ten, <laughs> Purdue. They they find a load up seven footer every single year. As soon as they lose one, they bring another one through the door. Those players, he's probably going to be uh, season behind just because you know still a little raw. We'll see what it looks like going forward. But again. I'm just really curious, you know, rink mast, what are your thoughts on him? Because I know he was kind of one of those guys, uh, maybe expected to take on some of Derek Walker's role. Obviously, you can't be another Derek Walker. But what are your kind of thoughts on rink mast performance and what he was able to do? What were you seeing out of his game?
1: I liked it. I mean, I think he had two threes. Uh, no, just one three tonight, but he took a few of them. I mean, the, 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 and, and he's you know he's a he's a solid player. He's already played you know a few years and shown that he can shoot threes. But for him to get his first look here, of course, transferring over from Bradley, um, it 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 makes you excited. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Even Josiah Alec Alec uh, knocked down a three, and he's shown that he can do mm-hmm. that in his previous stops. To the, it's the point where. Um, even your bigs. I mean, it's, it's all five guys. Whoever gets the rebound, kicks it out or drive and kick. I mean, Eric, Eric Strickland who's going to, uh, going to be on this post game show many times uh, throughout the year, but is uh, doing some BTN
2: plus duties early him. I scored 20 points in high school once. I think I'm pretty <laughs> much right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's about the same thing. Uh, but he's, uh, uh, um, you know, he said in, in, throughout the game, it's like, they're not driving to drive necessarily. They're driving to kick. And you give any one of these guys a little bit of space and and they're going to launch it now. Teams are going to pick up on that, and that's mm-hmm. going to kind of be okay. Uh, you know, every one of these guys you got to play up on on the perimeter. Um, but uh, there's also a couple, couple guys like Jamarcus Lawrence. He'll shoot it from anywhere. I mean, he'll shoot it deep. <laughs> so you got to really play up on him. Um, but it's it that looks to be that would be my primary takeaway from this game is that they're going to be a heavy three point shooting team uh, with pretty much the and what makes that so you know difficult to defend is pretty much every one of those guys out there. You're not, you're not thinking, ah, bad shot, or he's kind of forcing it there. Now, if you miss a few threes, they did kind of get to a rut in the second half where they were mm-hmm. missing a few threes and then chucking them up. And you're kind of thinking, ah, maybe you want to get something a little bit easier here and there. Um, but uh, for the most part, when they're on, they're going to be tough to defend.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we've mentioned a few times already, but KSA Tom Naga wasn't on the court, but we just mm-hmm. know when he's out there, I mean, he's just a volcano. Yeah. Waiting to happen. <laughs> the last stretch of last season, you know, he was averaging, I think it was like 19.4 <laughs> points a game on those last yes. two months. Just absolutely took over. So you you throw him in the mix as well. Um, that's obviously going to be a guy they're going to have to lock on pretty quickly. And again, that spacing is just going to be uh, widened up so much. It'll be interesting to see kind of what we look like attacking the rim. I know the numbers look pretty good today, but obviously, if we get into some more Big Ten play, it's going to get a lot tighter around the rim. You're going to be playing with some serious trees in there but it is good to see defensively. I am a little bit curious on how this team goes. If they continue to stay on that track um, or, you know, worst case scenario, they maybe take a step backwards just because, you know, last year that really had to become their bread and butter just because that's what they needed. Offensively, they're losing so many weapons. They had to make those plays happen on the defensive side of the court. I think with this year's team, I just hope for that to continue with them. I don't want to lose any part of that identity. You need to keep that defense up there because you're going to have those nights where the three point shot just isn't falling. And those games will call it what you want, a perfect storm game. But if you're not playing that locked in defense, if that's something you took a step back on, you know, that's going to lead you to some ugly losses, you know, chances where just I'm just curious about Nebraska. If they keep that defense up there, again, your 500 last year, I think this to be an opportunity to really get up there. I don't know where they could possibly land at the end of the season, uh, but definitely above 500. It's definitely within grasp. now. It's a team where I think Fred Hoiberg. I don't want to say the clock's ticking, but it's definitely definitely oh, yeah. starting up a little bit here. I mean, this is, this is ten years in the bank. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, you know, he's had multiple seasons here now. Tough luck with some of the rosters having to go through what he had to injuries. Uh, but now, you got, we talked about you got a lot of depth. You're gonna be able to outcoach teams just based on mismatches. You know, how can you take advantage of it? You got a bunch of guys that can shoot the ball. It's just defensively, can you remain what you had kind of at the end of last season? Sam Hoiberg, big part of that. Good to have him back. But again, I think it's just going to be, you know, what's the ceiling for this team? And I think they're going to be discovering that a little bit, maybe as the season goes on.
1: Yeah. And, and again, the, the performance tonight, uh, kind of tough to call because Lindenwood only had 52 points. That's a pretty good defensive outing, especially when you're scoring 84. But they did miss a lot of mm-hmm. uh, shots. And there were t- at times where you could you could kind of poke the effort uh, for Nebraska there. But again, when you're up so much or, you know, first game of the season, that's also going to be, you know, another factor in this whole thing. Um wasn't overly impressed with their defense, I suppose, tonight, but something they can work on. And, when you know, a guy like Juwan Gary back on the court will definitely help that sort of thing. So um, we'll kind of see there. i uh, tell you what, let's take a quick break here. We have Austin Orban, who went to the game, is going to join us here, as he will do throughout the, the season here on the Eric Strickland or Hoops Post Game Show on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, But we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk more Nebraska basketball coming up next. Once again, Huskers start off the year with an 84-52 home win over the Linenwood Lions. We'll break it down more coming up next here on 93.7 The Ticket.
0: Back to the Ticket's basketball postgame show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Jake Balkman and Austin Oerman here with you on the Hoops postgame show on 93-7. The ticket. Once again, Huskers get the victory. Opening night victory. 84 to 52 over the Lindenwood Lions. Nebraska led. In scoring by Sam Hoiberg off the bench with 15 points. Uh, a couple other Huskers scoring in double figure figures. Uh, four of the five starters, in fact. Bryce Williams, CJ Wilcher, and Rank Moss, all with 13. And Josiah Alec with 11 for Nebraska. You've heard kind of my thoughts on the game. Let's talk to Austin, who was at the game, uh, so we can kind of get the environment and kind of the feel of the game. The student section was picking on one of the lines, so it's just kind of a... A fun opening game for Nebraska, uh, and uh, as we were talking during the break, you put it, took care of business, which is something you expect Nebraska to win this game. They were favored by 20-something, but it's no, not always that easy with Nebraska basketball. Tonight it was.
0: It's not, and that's why I think it, it's good that it was a, a very workmanlike 32-point win. A Little disjointed early on. Nebraska was only up eleven to eight. They really extended the lead for the first time in that second second stretch between the U sixteen, the U twelve, in the first half. Attendance is is listed as thirteen thousand. I'm not I'm not sure about that, but there's there was good enough energy for the amount of people that were there um, against that that caliber of opponent. Nebraska gained control, like I said, you know, just before midway through the first half. Did it with good ball movement. Did it with solid defense. There was nothing that stood out to me, Bach, about this Husker team that was overwhelmingly positive. Like, yes, this is what this team's going to hang its hat on. There was nothing overwhelmingly negative. You know, there were a couple stretches, even with rotation guys, that things looked a little clunky and disjointed because of quick shots, because of a little bit of lack of communication or or one or two guys just slightly out of position leading to some breakdowns, both offensively and defensively, but down at least two rotation guys, if not four rotation guys. Yeah. Um, heck, maybe even five with, with all five of the guys that were out. I don't have any big, grand, sweeping takeaways about this team after one game. With the personnel they had available, I think they did a good job for the most part of getting guys in spots to succeed. Pretty much everyone did something positive at some, at some junction of the game. Some guys played better than others. There are some guys that... You know, maybe raise my eyebrows in a positive way, so I'm going to hmm, hope they, they clean that up sort of way. But it's hard to pick too many nets with a 32-point win.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting because one guy I didn't mention that you mentioned, too, that was out there is Aaron Eulis who's still mm-hmm. with the roster, still with the team. I thought when the news broke about, about what he was going on with him in Iowa, that that wouldn't be the case. Still kind of waiting to see. Uh, maybe he could be a, a contributor to this team as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think all those all those uh, all those thoughts are are kind of on on par with with what I thought. I mean, Nebraska came out, um, didn't look too disjointed too much of the time. You don't have your your traditional uh, five minute scoring drought for your Nebraska <laughs> basketball team., um, you know, they they fought through some struggles here and there. There was some sloppiness here and there, but that's to be expected in in night one, and you know, ultimately didn't didn't end too poorly uh, for Nebraska. Uh, let's go through uh, some of these guys and kind of thinking, especially for their debut with the Huskers, mm-hmm. uh, kind of what you were thinking um, before we get to the new guys in the starting lineup. Let's start with the Jamarcus Lawrence and CJ Wilcher. Uh, you can break it, kind of break them down uh, individually if you'd mm-hmm. like to, but those are the, the retu- two returning guys um, tonight and uh, and did, did pretty
0: well. CJ played the role that I think he's going to play all year. I don't think he's going to be a star. I don't think he's going to be the headlining guy. They ran a couple sets that it looked like they wanted to get him at least the opportunity to get a quick hitter, but four of eight hit two of his five three-point attempts, three or four at the line, um, a rebound, a couple assists, good positional defense. Again, I don't think CJ's a non-ball stopper. I think he's a good defender and a team concept. CJ Wilcher did what I expect more out of, out of CJ Wilcher as an upperclassman, a steadying presence, a guy that you're never going to be upset about being on the court. Really impressed with him. Jamarcus Lawrence, a little more up and down. Yeah. Only played 18 minutes, the fewest of the starters. Seven points, two of eight shooting, both makes from three. Uh, split a pair of free throws. Only two turnovers, um, three fouls for him. Again, you mentioned it with Harrison. Bit of a quick trigger from him a couple times. There are a couple possessions that I think he he overstepped the line of you know confidence and took in an early shot that I don't think was necessarily the best look. But even last year, especially by the end of the year, Demarcus Lawrence was firing away. So if that's what Fred Hoiberg is telling him to do, we've seen him hit enough of those that, okay, in game one, see what you got. You know, if it works, great. If it doesn't, now you know for next game. He seemed a little pressed. He seemed a little rushed in a couple moments. Uh, there are a couple passes that I don't think he'll make again, but in game one against an opponent like this, maybe he was just trying them out. A um, couple nice passes, though. The The sequence that really stands out to me, was it was the two back-to-back possessions in transition? Lawrence gets a run out, draws two defenders, little kind of sidearm option pitch out to Bryce Williams for three. Then the very next possession, Williams pushes, kicks it out to uh, Jamarcus Lawrence for three. So I don't know if Jamarcus Lawrence is a starter when Tomanaga and Gary get back, but. You can see the room for growth from him. I think he's very similar to the guy he was last year. I think he can be a spark.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm very fascinated by him because I think by the time he's done at Nebraska, he could be a team leader in scoring and one of the best players on the team. He's He's got a lot of upside Um, and he's, he's, he's kind of like last year, he would score six out of the gate and end up with eight points. I mean, he would, he would Mm -hmm. be kind of like he'd get, he'd he'd go on
0: little runs for himself. And that's the type of guy I think you need off the bench where if he's not going to make a, he's a fine defender, but I want to see more of an impact, uh, if he's going to be a starter on that end of the court. And this goes for a couple guys too. I don't want to say Jamarcus Lawrence is selfish. That's not what I'm getting at, so don't take it that way. But I still think that the simplest way for Jamarcus Lawrence to impact a game is through scoring. Mm-hmm. If he can pick it up on defense, make some easier opportunities in transition, um, and be almost a, a Lou Williams type, a Jordan Clarkson type off the bench for this team, I think they can use that. They, they have enough guys that can get their own shot. But a lot of guys require setting up. Jamarcus, like Fred Hoiberg said, is still trying to find that line because he was the point guard in that starting lineup. I don't think that's his best role.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's. I think you're right. I mean, I think he would really suit well kind of as the sixth man. And you know, sometimes we can say that, that that as you know as a bad thing. But if you start filling up, look what happened to Casey. I mean, Casey right. was the sixth mm-hmm. man starting last last year, and then eventually got to the point it's like we got to start this guy. We got to find minutes for him. And I think that's where you where you kind of start with Lawrence. Um, because I, I think you're right. I think, I think he's kind of just kind of a score at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's perfect for your six man off the bench to kind of get an offense going for himself if he needs to. Now, that being said, with this kind of spread out, kick it out, find a guy, uh, once again, he, he is adept, adept at shooting deep. So, I mean, he can even provide you a little bit more spacing. Uh, so what will we'll kind of say, I mean, he, he definitely helps out in that spot. And I think you're right too about CJ Wilcher. Um, I, it, it's kind of fun watching him develop as a player because he kind of started as just kind of your three-point shooter. And I think he can very much um, benefit not being the three-point shooter, but one of the three-point <laughs> shooters, right? Mm-hmm. To where there's a little bit more spacing and, he's, and there's not so much pressure on him uh, to hit one of his first three Shots; otherwise, he's not going to play much that night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's developed his game. He's he's put himself in a good position by hitting the weight room this off season, uh, and and just kind of adding to it. And it was good to see. Like his first uh, make of the, of the game was a pump fake three, he got the guy on his on his feet and or off his feet, and then went and drove to the to the lane. And he's gotten better at doing that, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, let's go with the debut of some of the starters. We'll start with Josiah Alec. Of course, I might as well if you're if you're. Trying to keep all this at score at home. Might as well tell you where they're coming in from. Josiah Alec, of course, from Kansas City in New Mexico. Uh, played recently there. Um, still, in, in, in of course, originally from North Star, so a bit mm-hmm. of a homecoming for him. What did you see from
0: him? Do you see a similar role tonight from him as you see moving forward? I do. Josiah Alec is one of the, the types of guys I would have hated playing against the most in high school. Super high energy. Not necessarily the smoothest guy, but very explosive. Kind of a herky-jerky, limbs flailing everywhere kind of game. But despite doing that, he's under control, right? He's not just running through guys, plowing him over. Just just an exuberant basketball player, is the way I would describe him. Had the first dunk of the year on on a perfect rim run. Did a great job on the glass. He's the one guy for Nebraska that consistently went to the boards, did it with energy, got him a couple of possessions with a couple of offensive rebounds. He was thicker than I thought. Um, I knew he had some good size to him, but he was a little more filled out than I anticipated, even having seen him in person a couple times before. I don't know if he's going to be able to play the five consistently in the Big Ten, but if he is at the five, Nebraska can really run. He's athletic enough to sky above some of these big guys. He's going to hit them and make contact with them. They won't just plow through him. Good screener, good screen and roll guy and had that, that three-pointer that he made. And I think that's perfect for him. His feet were set. For for a good second and a half or two before we got it, he's able to just jump right into it from the top of the key. I think what you saw from Josiah Alec tonight is something Nebraska was missing last year, and I think that's what he can provide moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Nebraska's got some different type of big men, so I mean mm-hmm. it's going to kind of depend on the matchups and and you know what what type of big men they're facing. But uh, when you bring Blaze Keita back, I'm interested to see who kind of starts there. Obviously, Keita coming off. Uh, injury again, you, you'd give mm-hmm. Alec the start uh, to begin with. Uh, I just don't know if throughout the season, we'll see if if that changes or, you know, it depends on what you want to do with your lineup. Cause another guy who made his debut tonight, rink Moss certainly could start and did start uh, go for going for the tip, a masked rink masked, rink masked. Yeah. Looked really good. Of course the transfer from Bradley, uh, he finished with 13, six uh, in six rebounds and three assists. Uh, what did you think out of Rink Mons be for Nebraska?
0: As advertised, right? Was, wasn't a star, didn't steal the show, did what he was supposed to on offense, had a couple really nice body control moves, a um, couple nifty interior passes between Alec and Mass going both ways. Another guy that's going to compete on the glass. I think he's more your traditional Big Ten center in terms of rebounding. Good position guy. Defensively, he got beat a couple times on pump fakes. He's long. Um, decently athletic for a big guy, but if he gets up in the air, Lindenwood took advantage a couple times of driving right around him. So I hope he's uh, able to watch the film and learn to, to keep his feet on the floor. He's not athletic enough to get off the floor and block some of those long-range shots. So get a hand up, contest, but, but don't leave the floor so you can stay down. He's going to be a, a playmaking hub for this team, I think. Nebraska looked into him intentionally, did a good job with his seals and getting pretty good post position a few times. One of three from three is more than acceptable for him. Um, didn't take any, any questionable ones. They were spot up looks two or three from the free throw line. That's fine. He was just advertised. That's the guy that I think needs to stick in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I could see him being one of the team's, uh, leaders in several court categories this season. Uh, then the other one, Bryce Williams, uh, of course the transfer from Charlotte, uh, no, not a, a, a down low player, more on mm-hmm. the wing as we're talking about the new guys coming in, uh, Probably could play some better games, but uh, he had his debut here. Thirteen points, uh, two assists, four of eleven from the field, uh, two of six from beyond the arc. Uh, he's a guy that coming into this game and coming into the year, I think maybe could fight for team leader in points per game. Uh, similar type of thoughts, or what did you think of his debut?
0: I'm going to take Bryce Williams and Eli Rice together here. Hmm. I'll start with Bryce Williams, and I'll tie Eli Rice in here in just a second. Four of eleven, I think, is it seems a little deceiving to me. Um, but he was dragged down by starting the second half one of four. I don't know if Nebraska was making an effort to go to him or if he felt he needed to get that rhythm early on. Nebraska tried to isolate him on the left block a couple times, on the right block once. Willing passer out of there. He was looking to score for the most part, but had a nice kick out for a three in the first half from that right block. I don't think Bryce Williams is a guy that is going to initiate a lot of offense for himself. I think he's going to be best in a secondary role, let someone else create for him off the bounce, give him spot up opportunities, give him second side opportunities. The thing I noticed that I think ties Bryce Williams and Eli Rice together, they're smooth and, and they seem like quieter guys, right? Steady, pretty level. But there were a couple times with both of those guys that it seemed like they were floating. They were just kind of out there, not, not in a lazy way necessarily. But when you look at you know, remembering last year, Kasei Tomanaga's exuberance. You look at what Josiah Alec was doing, Sam Hoiberg's peskiness. Rice and Williams are lanky in their smooth type mm-hmm. of guys. There are a couple loose balls I thought they could have gotten to. And those are two guys I want to see make a jump on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if Bryce Williams is a superior athlete. I think, again, he's a good kind of positional defender. But of all the guys I watched on defense, Bryce Williams wasn't one of them making an impact. He's just kind of out there floating. And for a guy that was looking so much for offense, I think he could get himself some easier looks, right? you know, Basketball gods reward your hard work on the defensive end. I want to see Bryce Williams buy in a little bit more there. He was communicating. He was generally in the right spot. But I think he can give more on that end. And Eli Rice, too. A little bit of a tough debut for him. Wasn't the first guy off the bench. I think he was the second or third guy off the bench. He was fine. He he looked like a freshman. And that's a guy that came in, I don't want to say chucking. I don't think he took many bad shots, but he looked a little indecisive. Maybe could have gotten a better look later in the possession. But again, I didn't see much energy from Eli Rice on defense or a couple loose balls I thought he could have made a little bit better of an effort for. Those are guys that I think could take a page out of Jawan Gary's book. Juwan's a little thicker, a little more athletic than both of those guys. But if they can pick up 10-15% of his energy on defense, I think that'd be a game changer for both of them. I don't want to say they looked disinterested or lazy. That's a disservice to them, and it's not true, right? They know what they're out there for. They're both offensive-minded guys. But I think they have more in the tank, and I think they can make a bigger impact on the other side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I th- I'd agree with you. Both those guys a little bit of an underwhelming debut, without making it sound too bad, because they both you know played fine. Um, but uh, you know you, you could expect, I-, I think, better games out of both of them, and-, and maybe like you said, maybe a little more effort once they kind of get into. Um, the 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 flow and trying to fight for minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you are lackadaisical at, at any time, you're going to have another guy off the bench that's not going to be. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Eli Rice, by the way, finishing with two points, five rebounds. As I mentioned, we were talking about with Williams, uh, his 11 attempts were the most from anybody uh, out there uh, as far as field goals. So uh, that's kind of interesting to track. Uh, the other guy making his debut for Nebraska, Boogie Coleman, uh, a senior uh, who is, who is uh, also... Uh, going to be, I mean, you talk about a six man. He was the first guy off the bench along with the uh, Hoiberg, I think came in at the same time, uh, transfer from ball state in Missouri and ball state again. Uh, but <laughs> he ended up uh, scoring five points, uh, six rebounds, four assists off the bench for Nebraska leading the way for them there. how do you think Boogie Coleman's debut looked?
0: He looked like a better version of cam Mack, mm. I think, um, Again, another guy that I think has the tools to be an impact guy at the point of attack defensively. Didn't always seem like that was his first priority. He's fun with the ball in his hands, maybe over-dribbled a little bit a a couple times, but you can see he has some juice off the bounce. Made a couple really nice passes, including the one to Alec in transition, kind of a one-handed underhand sort of thing. Nice behind-the-back pass for an assist that was nice to see. I think if you look at his body and his experience, you think, starter... I just don't know if he's steady enough or has the type of energy that Fred Hoiberg is looking for out of a starter, out of a guy to set the tone. There were a couple times he was talking with the officials, put his hands up, was looking at him, trying to have a conversation with them instead of moving on to the next play. So I don't think that Nebraska can consistently get away with having even two of the three of Coleman, Williams, and Rice on the court. Unless you have either your highest energy guys like Sam Hoiberg, Case, and Rink uh, Josiah Alec rather out there with them, or you play one of them at a time, because I think there's enough energy in the rest of the guys. Uh, I don't want to say you know buy-in, but I think each of those guys in their own way, maybe it's just a tonight thing. Maybe they just you know got caught up in in the first game moments. But I think there's more in all those guys. I think they can be higher impact players than they were tonight. And I think that starts for all of them with just finding a way to flip that switch, right? Next play mentality or, hey, this might not be the play I thought I was going to be called on to make, but it's the play in front of me. Let me go make it.
1: Uh, final guy I want to get your thoughts on with uh, all respect due to Kel Jacobson, who also made his <laughs> debut. Uh, give, me a th- give me 10
0: seconds on Kel Jacobson. Kale Jacobson came in a little earlier than I expected. Uh, bummed that he didn't get a shot up, but looks like he can maybe play Sam Hoiberg's role. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe not quite as explosive or pesky, but hey, good for Kale.
1: It's tough to see. I mean, he was just kind of running out there, yeah. which is, again, probably what he should be doing at this point. But we'll kind of see uh, what happens with him. Uh, Matar uh, Jope, though, uh, Jop, uh, is uh, I've got to figure out how to say his name. <laughs> but first of all, <laughs> first of all, but um, three points, uh, one of two from the floor, um, looked pretty good until he took a three. Uh what did you think of his debut?
0: <laughs> yeah, didn't need to take the three. I you know, don't want to think too much of it in a blowout like that, but that's one where come on, big fella, just, just put it in your pocket. You'll get your opportunity. That's not the one to take. He brings an element to this team that I don't think the program has had in a while. I think he's a a taller dubio KK, not quite as built. Um I almost think a little too like an athletic Eduardo Andre to some mm. degree, maybe slightly more polished, but offensively you have the you know one of two trip at the free throw line. You have the little, little dunk, not even a little dunk. That was a big dunk that he had showed off the athleticism. But the play that I remember was the one that he was whistled for a foul one on the defensive end. He got caught up in the air contesting a shot, hit the ground. His second jump was pretty quick. He got back up to contest that second shot. Um, not more than you know, probably a second, second and a half after he was up in the air for the first one. So that's a guy that I think can carve out a role as a rim runner. I think he needs to watch Josiah Alec in transition. Like, hey, get the rebound outlet and go, bust your butt down the floor. Not the thickest guy, but a little, a little more filled out than I expected for a freshman. But I don't think there are many centers in the Big Ten that can get up like he can. Maybe like Cliff Amori from Rutgers might mm-hmm. be a, a comparison for him on on the higher end in terms of what he can do defensively you can tell he's still learning his spots and where to be but if he if he sticks with it if he keeps working on learning his role in the offense all the physical tools are there.
1: Well, you mentioned Rutgers, they lost to Princeton tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's the opening night of college basketball. Mostly good teams playing bad teams and so you, Nebraska's just on the list of just the scores that you just kind of pass by and as you're looking for who is uh, struggling, Michigan State by the way, uh number 4 in the nation and struggling a little bit uh, in their debut as well. So, uh they're playing James Madison. I haven't seen the latest on that score, but it was close at half and it looked like it was it was close there too. So, we'll we'll update you on that. We'll get to your uh, your uh, text as well, and why don't we do this one after our initial thoughts here uh, with the guys coming back, uh, who would you start? Who do you think is going to mm. be the starter uh, once we get midway through uh, this season and on? Uh, so we'll get into that coming up next year. This is the Hoops Post Game Show on 93.7. The ticket Nebraska beats Wood to go to uh, one in O on the season, 84-52 to 52 in Pinnacle Bank Arena. We'll be right back with more thoughts and wrap up the show here on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to the
0: Ticket's basketball postgame show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com
1: One final segment from us here at ninety three seven. the ticket for the Hoops postgame show here. Uh, Nebraska gets to win 84-52 to uh, and uh, improves to 1-0 on the season, obviously. Nebraska led in scoring by Sam Hoiberg. Let me start with that, Austin. How, how often am I going to be saying that on these postgame shows, do you think?
0: Maybe more than you'd expect. Mm. I don't know. I, I still don't know what to make of Sam Hoiberg. Like, love him, love the energy he plays with, love the game. What makes me think it's sustainable is that he's not doing anything crazy, right? It's high energy. He's taking what's available. He's not forcing anything, trying to make it the Sam Hoybert show. Mm. And the more you make the simple plays, the more sustainable it is. What makes me think it's not sustainable is when's the last time Nebraska had a guy like that that kept it up, like, over multiple years? It just still seems like that's a, a fun story to track, Game by game, I actually have to take Sam Hoiberg basketball player more and more seriously.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's no disrespect to him. I just I don't oh. think he's one of the leading uh, vote-getters for who's going to lead this team in scoring. And he did it in the first game. So uh, good job by Sam Hoiberg. Uh, but, you know, again, no disrespect because he's definitely... Uh, should factor in this rotation because he does give you a little bit something different than what a lot of these other guys do. So mm-hmm. uh, that will be fun to see as we move forward. Uh quickly want to get to some of your thoughts on the text line, uh 402-4-6-4-5-6-8-5. You can always join in on the conversation on the Sardar Heyman text line. Swift from Lincoln says, but this does seem like a different team compared to last year. Thought we were going to see them stay closer to last year's DNA. Um this is a very different team than last year. I mean, you had three different guys uh, transferring that started tonight. Uh, another couple that uh, might factor in later, you know, a couple of freshmen that, that are, they're going to be fighting for spots. We mentioned Ramel Lloyd and that's already like eight guys there that I'm talking about. So I don't, you know, you don't have Derek Walker, obviously that's a, that was a big part of their entire offense. You didn't see some of those names that, that you maybe Juan Juwan Gary, Casey Tom make you feel a little bit closer to last year, but I don't think that this this team is built uh, like last year's teams, and I don't think it's going to be look a whole lot like last year's team.
0: It's not going to look the exact same because you have so many guards. I think Nebraska's returning guys learned a lot from last year. I also think guys like Derek Walker and Sam Greasel were just so good in the half court. Uh, Derek Walker could run a little bit for a center, but wasn't necessarily the, the fastest or most most athletic guy. He was so good in the half court with time to pick other teams apart and same with Sam Griesel, not a guy that was going to push the tempo a lot with Nebraska's roster right now. This is a team that I think is going to thrive in transition. I think it can create a lot more chaos than last year's team, which even on the defensive end was, was, you know, pretty staunch, pretty sturdy, um, decently lengthy too. So you could afford to, I think, get into some, some half court games, grind it down, kind of like you did Creighton in a lot of ways uh, in that game. But I still think the the commitment to defense. I think this team is going to get better and better at hunting the right shots, not necessarily the first shots. I think at least through one game, it feels kind of like a a middle ground and a compromise between what we thought Fred Hoiberg teams were going to be when he first got here and what they what they found worked for them last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin McGrath, uh, 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 text in
1: need Gary Kada and Kasey back. And to that point, that's where I want to go with who do you think, once this team settles in on a starting lineup, uh, who do you think will be starting? Uh, Because at least for me, I can give you my thoughts here. I think Kaysay and Gary of those two are obvious starters. Uh, Kato, we'll have to see. I think he'll have to kind of develop into that based on what I saw last year. Um, Probably not, you know, doesn't give you as much athleticism or kind of on-the-move-go type Mm -hmm. of situation as Alec and Moss, but he's kind of got his own game as well. I think that might be better suited coming off the bench with some of those other guys. So if I'm if I'm picking out a lineup, I think the guys that are sticking from tonight's starting lineup would be Alec uh, Moss and Williams, and I would throw Cada, uh, uh, excuse me, Gary and Casey in uh, for your starting five. How about yourself? Uh,
0: you asked me that off air, it got me thinking about it. I am a sucker, given my my basketball upbringing for versatility, switchability guys who can do a lot of different things. I don't know if Nebraska is so overwhelmingly good at any one thing that they can put a starting lineup out there that forces teams to adjust to them. But I think they have enough guys who do enough things at a high enough level that maybe they can afford with or afford to mix and match a little bit depending on matchup. But as always, you want to be the aggressor. You want to make other teams adjust to you. So I don't know if it's necessarily sustainable to mix and match. Um, it's an older team, so maybe they would buy into that uh, that concept of you know having seven or eight starters, quote-unquote. Like you have 14 black shirts on, on the football mm. team sometimes, just depending on matchup situation availability and whatnot. But gun to my head, Nebraska needs to—here's their final opponent. They don't wrap up the regular season with Iowa, do they? Here's Not their sure. final game of the year. I'm, I'm pulling it up quick because I want to make sure I uh make sure I get this right. All right, Nebraska basketball schedule. Final regular season game of the year comes at home or comes on the road at Michigan. So gun to my head, Nebraska basketball needs to win a game at Ann Arbor to get out of day one of the Big Ten tournament. I think K C starts. I think I like the combination of Alec and Mast. Mm-hmm. Those three are about as entrenched. I was a very, very high man on Bryce Williams coming into the year. I think I like what he can bring to the table. Maybe by the end of the year he gets there, but I probably give Jawan Gary and his, his energy defensive switchability and relative ability to hit the three the nod over him. So then it comes down to that second guard spot. Maybe a guy like Ramel Lloyd comes on the scene. Maybe a guy like DeMarcus Lawrence with a starting experience last year. Maybe Sam Hoiberg's the guy you plug into that. But as I look at this team and what I think it would need the, need the most and the most consistently, I think C.J. Wilcher is the glue guy is a good fit in pretty much any lineup. It's hard mm-hmm. to go wrong with him out there. So there's not a true point guard In that lineup, which makes it a little bit tough, Keisei Tominaga is going to have enough opportunity to initiate offense. Um, I don't know if that's his best role. I'd be curious to see. C.J. Wilcher is a good secondary ball handler. Um, Any one of Gary, Alec, or Mast can dribble the ball past half court and initiate offense, um, which Nebraska did plenty of times last year with a guy like Derek Walker. Um, Even Juwan Gary did that a few times, but mostly it was Walker. I don't know if that's necessarily the lineup Nebraska would close with, but but after one game and going off of what I, I learned last year, I would say right now, my gut tells me Tominaga, Wilcher, Gary, Alec, and Mast. Mm. Yeah, I,
1: I think there's a lot of combinations that, that they can go with, and it'll be kind of exciting to see what they go with throughout the season, and especially as these new guys come back. Uh, as we wrap it up here, a uh, few thoughts. Uh, before we, we never say... The Lindenwood Lions, we don't say anything about them again. We might say something about them <laughs> at, in next game, You know, referring back to the last game. Uh, but I did want to mention this. Uh, some famous alumni that I didn't get to oh, on yeah, the show today. Oh, yeah, who we today. got? Uh, Marjorie Finley, who is a open, uh, an opera singer who is a graduate from there. More importantly, the grandmother of Taylor Swift. No way. Yeah. Huh. So Taylor Swift is okay. probably cheering against Nebraska today. Uh,
0: if that makes you feel anything.
1: Uh, Shandy Finnessy was Miss USA in 2004. So shout out to her. But uh, most importantly, former Kansas coach David Beatty, a graduate hey. uh, of uh, Lindenwood. So, you know, they got some things they, that they got going, rolling for them. And then the most important thing that they have rolling for them is that Nate Johnson Jr. Mm-hmm. is on the team. Uh was glad to hear that. Of course, son of Nate Johnson and Keisha Cannon, um, both who played Nebraska. Um, Nate Johnson was one of my, you know, you kind of go back to your childhood for when you can say favorite players, the kind of thing. <laughs> Nate Johnson was a bucket. He was a lot of fun with Andrew Drivo. They teamed up to have a pretty uh, solid combination. And I remember them getting a top 25 win against Minnesota. I don't think they finished the year all that well, but what Nebraska team did in that era. So <laughs> uh, it is what it is, but uh, he was a lot of fun. So it's kind of cool uh, to, to catch up with him. Uh, closing thoughts as Nebraska gets prepared to, play, to face the Rattlers, who Florida and m seems to be a, a common non con
0: for Nebraska. They they sure do. Fascinated to see who Nebraska gets back um, from the guys that were out tonight. Sounds like at least a few of them are are close and might be listed as probable for Thursday at this point. So just part of the runway to integrate new guys into the scheme. Always clean up shot selection, always clean up you know, a little bit more effort here and there on defense. But overall, you got off on the right foot. I think it felt very businesslike. And it's hard to ask much more out of an opening game from this Nebraska team.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good start for Nebraska. They're 1-0. and uh, Again, Florida AM on, on Thursday is when we will see you next. Rider, Stony Brook, and Oregon State all next week as well. So uh, it's college basketball season gets going, and it, it really starts flowing pretty quickly with these non-con games. Nebraska scheduled a lot of Ws. They got the first one out of the way tonight once again with an 84-52 to victory over the Lindenwood Lions. One last time, Sam Hayward, your leading scorer tonight with 15 points. Uh, that'll wrap it up for Ticket Programming today. We'll be right back with you with early break, right and early in the morning. We'll talk to you tomorrow.